Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer today for June 13th, 2021. I'm Rev. Aaron Ochart. Glad that you are with me. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Redeeming God, we give you thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you have clothed us in your grace and made us heirs of your promise. By the power of your Holy Spirit, set us free from all that we fear and let us live according to our faith through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today are Psalms 103 and 150, Exodus 6, 2 through 13 and 7, 1 through 6, Revelation 15, 1 through 8, and Matthew 18, 1 through 14. Listen for God's word to speak to you. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all God's benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. God made known his ways to Moses, God's acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God will not always accuse, nor will God keep his anger forever. God does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is God's steadfast love towards those who fear. As far as the east is from the west, so far God removes our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear God. For God knows how we were made. God remembers that we are dust. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. In those who fear God and God's righteousness to children's children, to those who keep God's covenant and remember to do God's commandments. The Lord has established God's throne in the heavens, and God's kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you God's angels, you mighty ones who do God's bidding, obedient to God's spoken word. Bless the Lord, all God's hosts, God's ministers that do God's will. Bless the Lord, all God's works, in all places of God's dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in God's sanctuary. Praise God in his mighty firmament. Praise God for their mighty deeds. 
Praise God according to their surpassing greatness. Praise God with trumpet sound. Praise God with lute and harp. Praise God with tambourine and dance. Praise God with strings and pipe. Praise God with clanging cymbals. Praise God with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. From Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 through 13 and 7, 1 through 6. God also spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but my name is the Lord. I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they resided as aliens. I have also heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are holding as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will free you from the burdens of the Egyptians and deliver you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord your God who has freed you from the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Moses told this to the Israelites, but they would not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and their cruel slavery. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Go and tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his land. But Moses spoke to the Lord, The Israelites have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me, poor speaker that I am? Thus the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and gave them orders regarding the Israelites and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, charging them to free the Israelites from the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and I will multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh does not listen to you, I will lay my hand upon Egypt and bring my people, the Israelites, company by company, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. From Revelation 15, verses 1 through 8. Then I saw another portent in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is ended. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mixed with fire. And those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. 
and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God and the song of the Lamb. Great and amazing are your deeds, Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Lord, who will fear and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your judgments have been revealed. After this I looked, and the temple of the tent of witness in heaven was opened. And out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues, robed in pure bright linen, with golden sashes across their chests. Then one of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were ended. And from Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 14. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child, whom he put among them, and said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If any of you put a stumbling block between one of these little ones who believes in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to the one by whom the stumbling block comes. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or lame than to have two hands or two feet and to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into the hell of fire. Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you in heaven their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine in the mountains and go in search of the one who went astray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we have um, Exodus. We are very familiar with this story, um, probably. Uh, this, the beginning of this kind of takes place as Mo- uh, Moses is being spoken to by God, and God here reveals the divine name of God, Lord. Those of you who are watching could see that it's, it's Lord, the word Lord, L-O-R-D, in all capital letters. Whenever you see that in the Old Testament, that is the divine name of God. Um, it's Yahweh Vavheh, or uh, Yahweh is a way that often it's it's sort of transliterated. It could be Jehovah. It could be um, Jehovah is one that you have heard probably. Um, these are sort of, that's the divine name of God. 
Now, because of the history of Judaism and because of the third commandment, where we are not to use that name in vain, um, over time, and by the time we get to the New Testament, this was definitely the case, um, or not New Testament, but later Judaism, they would not say that name at all. Um, and so it was replaced with the word Lord, Adonai, um, which is why when it is translated, we have Lord. Um, but it marks that it is using that divine name. So that's kind of what's going on there. The point of this is just to give a name because Moses asks for a name. Um, the point of it is not that we sort of, because we know the name of God, now we somehow have power over God. You know, that's, that's not the point here. It is God is revealing. It's a self-revelation. Um, and part of that self-revelation is I'm the God who has been with you in the past, and I'm also the God who will be with you now. God notes, I have heard your siblings in Egypt. I know my people are in pain, and so now I'm going to go and give freedom. And the way that God gives freedom at this point is through terrible things, right? Through plagues, we will see. Um, there are 10 plagues there in Egypt, and the, the whole purpose, and God reveals the purpose before it all happens here, um, is that God is showing power, authority, showing who God is to the Egyptians. Not only is God showing this to the Egyptians, but also to the Hebrews who have not, um, have not really seen God for a while, right? God has been kind of silent. And they have to be reminded who God is as well. Um, God uses tools and things that um, we kind of look at and say, why, why would God do that? And that is a challenging thing, certainly. Um, throughout the Old Testament, there's all sorts of, and in the New Testament, um, as we look at Revelation, right? The, the pouring out of God's wrath in these seven bowls. Um, these things that happen for we assume or we trust, we have faith that it is for a good reason. We can look back and see um, the, the things that happened in Egypt and see while there was certainly suffering, um, it was also self-born suffering out of, out of um, arrogance, especially on the part of, of Pharaoh, and that God really does grieve um, God really goes into especially that last plague of the of the killing of the firstborn with great sort of trepidation. Uh, we get the sense that God does not want to do this. This is a God who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, who relents from punishing and yet does punish, finds that there are times when that is, is appropriate. Um, and we also, again, that sort of makes sense a little bit to Revelation 15 as well, that there's this wrath being poured out and the very same, we get the very same sense as we read the broader uh, text of, of Revelation, that this wrath, these plagues, are for the purpose of redemption, um, to show God's power for the purpose of drawing people back to God rather than um, to their own gods or their own selves. 
Then we have in Matthew, uh, Jesus talking about these children. The, the disciples ask, who is the greatest in the kingdom? And he says, this little child, right? The one who can believe and have faith like this little child. And part of that, as we, you know, we know sometimes too well that children's faith can be ruined. Um, terrible things can happen to children. And this is also what he's saying, right? Not only should you have uh, this faith like a little child, but if you are responsible for breaking a little child, if you are responsible for soiling or, or, or ruining the faith or the personhood of a little child, you should have, um, if any put a stumbling block, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to the one by whom the stumbling block comes. Right? Just like those, um, those plagues and those sort of things, right? There are things that happen that cause us and, and challenge us to have a greater faith. But that doesn't mean those things are in themselves good, right? Um, this is not a ends justifies the means, um, not ultimately. And so Jesus talks about our own stumbling, right? If our, if our feet or our hands or our eyes cause us to, to stumble, um, and there's all sorts of things that we could think about that that could mean, um, he says to cut them off. He doesn't mean that literally, but he means, you know, cut out those things in your life that are causing you to stumble. If you are a recovering alcoholic, you know very well, you know, alcohol is probably not something I should be around all that much because it, it is this great sort of temptation for me. We all have temptations. We all have things that cause us to stumble. And so learning how to navigate those things and avoid those things if if that is something that we need to do or to to deal better in better moderation or whatever that is uh, depending on our sort of dependency and and the level of that and all that sort of thing and that is not an easy sort of straightforward you just do this right it is it is a, a path jesus says we need to do that we need to cut those things out of our lives that cause us to stumble and we need to take extra care of those who are younger. Now, this is children, but this is also just people who are younger, right? We need to be the ones that remove those barriers from them. Um, if there are barriers that we have put there, even more so, we need to remove them and understand what are, the, what are younger believers dealing with, right? What are they working with? Um, how are they coming? How are they viewing the world? How are they seeing the church? All these sorts of things. We need to understand those things so that we can remove those barriers if that is necessary. Um, that if we are putting barriers between younger folks and faith, that's on us. That is something that we need to do something about. Um, he, he finishes with this metaphor of a shepherd who. And he's, I love the way he says this because it's so, it, he says it as if it's a very obvious thing and it really is not. He says, if you had a hundred sheep, right? And one was lost, 
of course you would leave the 99 off in the wilderness and go and find the, the one. Now, no shepherd would actually do that. They would just kind of cut their losses and go, okay, maybe if we find it, then great. But you know what? I've got 99 right here. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I am far more interested and worried. These ones are fine, right? They're all together. They're okay. My emphasis, my option, my focus is on the one who is lost. And I'm going to go find that one and bring them back. And when they come back, I'm going I'm to be so overjoyed because that was the one that was lost and now it is found rather than all the ones who just stayed unlost, right? Oftentimes, we are the ones who are unlost and our emphasis, our focus should be those who are lost, those who are outside, those who are in our communities and who desperately need the love of Jesus Christ and acceptance as human beings, just being treated as human beings, and yet we so often do not give that. So that's, I think, our challenge for today and and every day. Now let's join our hearts together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. Eternal God, we praise you for your mighty love given in Christ's sacrifice on the cross and the new life we have received by his resurrection. Especially we thank you for ministries of teaching and pastoral care. Those who work to help and heal. Sacrifices others have made for our benefit. Opportunities for our generous giving. The presence of Christ in our weakness and suffering. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks that Bill is continuing to recover from cataract surgery and doing well, and that James, my grandfather, is also recovering from surgery. God of grace, let our concern for others reflect Christ's self-giving love, not only in our prayers, but also in our practice. Especially we pray for the church in Latin America. A right relationship between humans and the earth. Those who are wounded or face death. Those who keep watch over the sick and dying. 
all who speak up and take action for what is right. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for John and Jan, friends of Bill's. John is reacting to a COVID vaccine, and Jan has been put on hospice. We pray for Tom, a friend of Sandy's son, who has stage 4 lymphoma. For Joy, a neighbor of Debbie's, and a former play school teacher who is in the hospital and has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. For Diane and David, who continue to experience health issues. For Barbara, a friend of the church who has health issues. We also lift up uh, our continued prayers for those struggling with ongoing issues. For Teddy, for Ernest and Patricia, for Freddie and Buddy, for Eleanor and Neil, for Mel, and James, the second and James the third, for Troy, for Wayne, for George, and all others struggling with health issues. Almighty God, you have made us in your image and crowned us with honor and glory. Shape us by your word and fill us with your spirit so that we may live as your beloved children and proclaim your saving love to our life's end. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Now, like good stewards of the grace of God, let us serve one another with whatever gifts we have received. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised.